Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Allen. Uh, I'm glad that you're joining us either here in person or online. We're starting our Christmas series uh, titled Anticipating the Gift, and today's topic is Preparing Mentally. Now, I don't know about you, but Christmas seems to face some impossibilities, some difficulties, such as what to buy for everyone, maybe in this season how to pay for what you want to buy for everyone, uh, what food to make if you're faking a meal, uh, make everybody happy, uh, who goes to what, whose house, when. Uh, large families have those dynamics. Um, just uh, getting through all the extra activities seems almost impossible. And so it kind of limits our enjoyment of the season. So we're going to try and uh, help you with that. So we're going to start a little bit different than we usually do. We're going to read the whole text first to give us kind of a setting of where we're going to go in this Christmas um, series. And we're going to read it from a different translation than most of you are familiar with. It's called Voice. Um, it's interesting translation because it, a combination of scholars and artisans, like musicians and so forth. And I think it really uh, uh, communicates clearly what the message is. So we're going to read about 10 or 12 verses first, and then we'll jump into the, the outline. <clears throat> the verses are on the outline, by the way. So this is in Luke chapter 1. If you've been reading the daily uh, reading guide, you read the earlier part of Luke um, chapter 1, where an angel comes to a guy named Zacchaeus and tells him, uh, Zachariah, excuse me, and tells him his wife, even though she's old, is going to have a child. And so then it says six months later. So this is six months later after the angel went to Zechariah. Now he's coming to someone else. I think you'll recognize her. Six months later in Nazareth, that's up north. It's like 90 miles north of Jerusalem. A city in the royal province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. This time the messenger was sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary. So Zechariah. Raya was a, a worker in the temple, marries this virgin out in the country. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home, don't know how, knocked on the door or whatever. And this translation will identify who's talking. So at this point, the messenger's talking. Greetings, you are favored and the Lord is with you. This word favored means, one translation I saw said, beauty inside and out. I like that understanding. You're favored because you're beautiful inside and out. Among all the women on the earth, you have been blessed. The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary. That's an understatement. <laughs> and she wondered what type of greeting this was. Was it a good greeting, a not so good greeting? What exactly did it mean? So he goes on. Mary, don't be afraid. Now, that's kind of a normal response to angelic uh, presence. I've never had the privilege. Maybe you have, but most times in Scripture, people are taken by surprise. You have found favor with God, so please pay attention. <laughs> Listen, you're going to become pregnant. Well, yeah, I'm engaged. I'm going to get married. Hopefully, I'm going to become pregnant. No, no, that's not what, I, what I'm meaning. You will have a son, and you must name him Savior, or Jesus, Jesus will become the greatest among men. Oh, he's going to be like president, right? Not exactly. 
He will be known as the son of the highest God. So I've got this wonderful surprise gift for you, Mary. You're going to be pregnant, as he's going to say, uh, before you get married. <laughs> uh, text goes on. God will give him, Jesus, the throne of his ancestor David, and he'll reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever, the Jewish community. Mary's response. But, 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 I have never been with a man. How can this be possible? It seems impossible. You're saying I'm going to be blessed with it, the impossible? That's what it seems, he seems to be saying. He goes on, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you, impregnate you. That's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, he'll be identified as Mary and Joseph's son, but also, more importantly, of course, as the son of God. So if I'm Mary, I'm thinking, this is crazy. Can you give me some proof? (laughs) I think uh, the angel understood this. And so he's going to say clearly to her, it sounds impossible. I understand that. It's never happened before. But listen, you know your relative Elizabeth? She's been unable to have bear children, is now far too old to be a mother, yet she has become pregnant as God willed it. Oh, another impossibility. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible, this is probably a verse that many of you recognize. Uh, so the impossible is possible with God, or nothing is impossible with God. Last three weeks we used a verse, Romans 8, 28. For all things work together for good to those who love God and called according to His purpose. Well, how do you make everything, all the bad stuff in the earth, turn out to be good? <laughs> well, that's because nothing is impossible with God. Another way of thinking of this is no promise of God comes without the power for it to come to fruition or to come true. So if God makes a promise, it's got to happen because He's got the power to make it happen. In this case, to impregnate uh, a woman who has uh, not been with a man in the physical sense. And then the last part of the text we'll read at this point. Mary, deciding in her heart, here I am, I'm the Lord's humble servant, I'm ready to serve, however that might be, this seems a little outside of the box, (laughs) but I'm willing. As you have said, let it be done to me. And the heavenly messenger was gone. So why does God present us, or present, in this case, Mary, with the impossible? And this is going to be kind of the premise of this teaching today. God uses our impossible circumstances to show us his incredible love. Um, God shows up in the areas we need him. Um, I don't know how many of you are going to raise your hand, but I struggle with patience. I'm an impatient person. A lot of things frustrate me. <clears throat> Doing better. I don't know, if you pray for patience, which I have, you need to understand the Scripture says the only way you get patience is through what? <laughs> Trials. Temptations. Difficulties. It just doesn't come when life is easy. So you learn patience through difficulties. So we learn about God's incredible love through impossibilities. I thought of King David. 
he, uh, at one point, he was the king and he was besieged. He was, there was an army around his, his, his city. And he said this in Psalm 31. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me his wondering, wonders of his unfailing love. Did he show it to him when he was, things were going good, he was king, and the kingdom was all in peace? No, 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 no. Well, he sure, sure he did then too. But he's realizing in a, maybe a little stronger way, God, or a personal way, God's unfailing love. Because he kept me safe when the city was under attack. And I could have been defeated. I could have been killed. This is how God showed his unfailing love to me. So not because he got me out of it, eventually he got him out of it, but in the midst of it. And we're in the midst of, among other things, COVID, right? And so we shouldn't be waiting for COVID to be over to, to experience God's unfailing love. Even more so in the, in the possibilities, it seems impossible, that uh, we can deal with COVID in a constructive way. So I'm suggesting we learn a little bit from Mary as she dealt with the impossible as we have to deal with our impossibilities. Now, <clears throat> one thing true with the Christmas season, it turns up the volume on our hurts, doesn't it? For example, if you lost a loved one this year, Christmas is going to make it even more difficult than it is daily because this is the first Christmas you've been without that loved one. And we have some people in that situation. Um, so it turns up the volume. If you've got a relationship issue, if, you know, somebody that normally spends Christmas with you won't spend Christmas with you because there's something between you, that's going to make it a little, even more difficult. It's going to raise the volume. Finances this time of year. Uh, maybe your job is iffy. Maybe you've lost your job. Um, how do I have money to live, much less hopefully be able to buy gifts for family members, especially my kids? So that it just increases the volume of our pain and hurt and the difficulties. And we're all facing difficulties. We're all facing COVID, if nothing else. Some of financial, some relational issues, etc. So since... Christmas turns up the volume on our hurts and our pain. Let it also turn up the volume on God's love, His unfailing love. There's so many examples in Scripture. Uh, I thought about Abraham. God promised him a child, and his wife was beyond bearing age, just like Elizabeth. He has this promised child, and things are going good for a while, and then all of a sudden one day God says, Okay, Abraham, I want to see how much you trust me. I want you to take this promised son, it's going to be the father of this great nation. Well, you, through your son. Uh, I want you to sacrifice him to me. And the amazing thing is, Abraham doesn't wait. He immediately goes ahead and does this. And he gets all the way to the place where he's raising a knife to kill this son. I can't imagine. And in Abraham's mind, this is impossible. Having the promised son, now I'm going to kill the promised son and God's going to give me now I'm going to be the father of a great nation, but that's not my problem. My problem is trusting God, being obedient. I don't know if he's going to raise him from the dead or give me another promised child. What's, that's God's issue. I'm just being obedient. Same thing with Mary. I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, Moses, long story short, he gets the Israelites out of Egypt. Didn't have GPS back then. He winds up smack dab against the... the uh, Red Sea, and then the, 
the Pharaoh changes his mind, the army comes this way. And so, Moses, impossible situation. But God said, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is where I'm supposed to go, lead the people, and God, what? Provided the impossible, an impossible situation. A little smaller, if you will. Paul and Silas, they got arrested just for sharing about Jesus and God's love. They're in this prison, what are they doing? Moaning and groaning and, no, 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 they're, it's midnight and they're, they're worshiping, they're, they're singing. What's God do? He just opens the gates of the prison for them. Not a big deal to God, big deal to us, but not a big deal to God. So God shows his unfailing love, especially in what appears to us anyway is impossible. But again, what did the angel say? Nothing's impossible with God. So how do we prepare for God's gift in the midst of the impossible? I'll give you three things that I picked out of this story about Mary. First, we need to receive the gift through faith. Receive the gift through faith. What did Mary say? I'm the Lord's servant. Everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but she's been invited to do this. I don't believe she was forced to do this. So the angel came and said, this is what God would like to do. He'd like you to be the father, a mother of his, his son. So what would be required from Mary? Well, she would have had the faith to believe the angel and trust that God would do what he said. What if she said no? Did she have the option to say no? I believe she did. She didn't. Uh, just like you and I in any situation. When I was 17, God, I felt God wanted me to go in full-time Christian ministry, and I had the option of saying yes or no. Actually, I said no for a while. <laughs> uh, so we all have the options of being obedient or not, trusting God by faith, especially in the difficulties, or especially when it seems impossible. So I'm going to break this down into three Three reasons. It takes faith once because at first, the, it, the first feeling is disappointment. Now, I'm trying to think about Mary, this angel coming to Mary and thinking, okay, I got to tell my in, uh, fiance that I'm, you know, I've not been with a man, but I'm still pregnant. How's that going to go? And I got to tell my family, how's that going to go? And I have to tell my church, in her case, the synagogue. Uh, this is my situation. How's that going to go? So what we think, wow, she's really blessed, and the angel even said that, that's kind of disappointing, isn't it? That's certainly not the you know, house with the picket fence around it, is it? So the feeling are opposite, often opposite of what we think they should be. Think about Moses when he was up against the Red Sea and the army on this side. That's kind of, hey, God, um, you sure this is what you wanted me to do? Seem disappointing. Um, I thought about just little things. Uh, a couple of uh, months ago, our washing machine stopped working. And so my wife does the research. She picks out this washing machine she wants us to buy. And she knows what color she wants to match the dryer because the dryer is still fine. So we go to the dealership and, and uh, appliance store and we say, okay, we've done the research. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for this, this machine and this color. Um, can't get it. COVID, right? <laughs> Can't get it. Well, oh, what about this? Now, something I didn't like about that one. And then, and then another one. So what it boiled down to is guess what washing machine we got. <laughs> about the only one they could get in the color that we wanted that uh, 
uh, all she could get a, a, a stand for it. Uh, that's what we wound up getting. Hopefully God was in that. But he thinks it would be easy to buy a wash, uh, a wash machine, wouldn't you? So in this case, uh, Mary is promised a baby. And it often seems ordinary. I mean, babies happen all the time, right? <laughs> babies are born all the time. Uh, but as we're going to look at the story, it was more, nothing normal about this pregnancy, of course, but then this childbirth in and of itself. So God seems to work through ordinary circumstances that cause the impossibilities and that usually brings problems, as we're going to see. So how and when did this baby happen? Well, she gave birth to her firstborn son. This is Luke chapter 2. We didn't read this earlier. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So what had happened? Well, the Roman Empire insisted there'd be a census since uh, uh, Joseph's family is a lineage of David. You've got to go to Bethlehem. So she's close to nine months pregnant. And Mary and Joseph have to travel 90 miles, not in a car, <laughs> but probably on foot, in an advanced pregnant state to the town of Bethlehem. They get there. There's no lodging for them. So the baby's born in this area where the animals are. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of structure it was. Uh, definitely would have been smelly and dirty, and baby was put in the feeding trough. Um, why? Well, Old Testament says that, that this promised Messiah, Jesus, is going to have to be born where? In Bethlehem. Where did they live? In Galilee, 90 miles away. God arranged it through his providence that they would have to go there for the child to be born. So to be, for this to come true, what had to happen, complicated, let's just put that word, complicated things, didn't make things easier or simpler for Mary and Joseph. Did it stop God? Did it stop them? No. So I put on your outline. Our problems, even if they seem impossible, don't prohibit God's possibilities. <clears throat> Otherwise, it wouldn't take faith, really, would it? So here's a suggested thought to have when you're facing those situations. God, I'm looking for your love in this situation. I'm looking for your love in this impossible uh, financial situation, health situation, whatever it might be. Uh, so how else can we learn from Mary? Prepare for God's gift in the impossible. Uh, we need to share the gift with others. Where did Mary go? We didn't read this part. We'll read it next. Where did Mary go after she got this information from the angel? Well, next couple of verses in Luke chapter 1. Not a long time, just a few days later, Mary hurried, notice that word, to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. Now, he was serving in the temple back when the angel came to him, but they must have lived in the country somewhere. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Now, who was the, probably the only person or family, couple, in the world that would have even a small understanding of what was going to happen to Mary. Who would it be? Who would it be? Zachariah and Elizabeth, right? 
Same angel come and talk to them six months earlier. The impossible had happened. She was pregnant. And so the only person that possibly could understand what she was going through is where she went. Both to be encouraged and to encourage. Hey, hey, I've had the same experience. This must be true. It's happened to you. It's going to happen to me. So in reality, there's two types of people in the world. Those who see the impossible in the possible and those who see the possible in the impossible. We usually say, use the illustration, some see life is glass half full, some see it glass half empty, right? Let me tell you a silly story about Frankie and Johnny. Frankie was the optimist. He saw the glass half full and he saw the possibilities. And Johnny was just the opposite. He was a pessimist, he was negative, he saw things glass half empty. So Johnny's parents liked him to hang out with with Frankie because they hoped he would rub off on him. <laughs> anyway, it comes Christmas time. And Johnny's in his house with his parents, gets a big, big box. He opens it up and it's a bicycle. And his parents think he's going to be all excited, but not Johnny. Johnny says, well, you know, if I take a bike ride, I'm probably likely going to fall down and hurt myself. Parents are disappointed. Over in Frankie's house, he gets a big box too. He opens it up. Guess what's in his box? Horse manure. He starts digging around in the horse manure. Parents saying, what are you doing? I said, well, since there's manure here, I think there must be a pony here someplace. Where, else would the, where did the manure come from? So you and I all have a choice to be in this art scenario, glass half full, glass half empty people, to see the possible and the impossible or not. thought of a story in the Old Testament. Back with Moses. Uh, Six months or so after Moses gets the Israelites out of Egypt, they're up against the promised land. God says, okay, I brought you this far. I'm going to bring you to the promised land. It's going to be flowing with milk and honey. It's fantastic. So they, what do they do? They say, well, let's check it out. Let's send 10, 12 spies. So they send 10, 12 spies into the country. They come back. The people are all excited. Is it flowing with milk and honey? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Uh, but 10 of them said, well, all of 12 said, there's giants in the land. 10 of them said... Giants are too big, can't do it. Two guys, the only two we know by name, Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, 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 we can do it. <clears throat> what was the difference? Well, the ten were comparing themselves to the giants. Joshua and Caleb were comparing what? The giants to God. No problem. Now, I think it's interesting there was two of them. Because it's really hard to be encouraged by yourself. And I picked out a verse out of Romans where Paul is writing this. When you get together, like we do on Sunday morning, or hopefully in your small group, I want to encourage you in your faith, but also want to be encouraged by yours. So to have faith, it's important to be encouraged and to encourage others. <clears throat> so who are you comparing your situation to? Or what your situation um, your problems, your difficulties, your impossibility. thought of another illustration or came across this. I don't know how many of you put jigsaw puzzles together. I did a few of them during COVID. <clears throat> and if you just look at one piece of a jigsaw puzzle, it's impossible, right, to see the picture. I mean, if you have the box there, that's cheating. But without the box, one piece, it is impossible to see the whole picture. But you put all the pieces together and you get, usually get a beautiful scenic picture. 
And that's the way I see the body of Christ, the community, the church. Uh, really hard to see what God's doing with just one piece. But as we gather together, that's how we can see what God is up to. And one other lesson from the life of Mary, <clears throat> how we can prepare for God's gift of the impossible, is to think about the gift every day. Let me ask you a simple question. How often do you have problems? Probably every day, right? And we come together, either online or in person, uh, for our, what we might call our hourly, weekly fix. <laughs> I don't think that's going to sufficient to deal with the world, problems of the world, the impossibilities of the world. So we need to think about the gift every day. Uh, Luke chapter 2, it also, Mary's description of Mary says, she kept these things in her heart, thought about them, doesn't say daily, but it says often, maybe more than often, uh, daily, right? Uh, <clears throat> so you and I need to look for God in our problems, especially our impossible situations, and then share that with others. Encourage others with that and be encouraged. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talked about what we think about, what we treasure. He said, Whatever your tre- wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart will also be. So what is it you think about? You're thinking about stuff. You're trapped in this physical world. And you, you know, problems that you have. Not that we have, to, we have to deal with those things. Are you focused on your worries? Are you focused on what you don't have? You're focused on the problems. You're focused on the impossibilities. Or is your treasure in God's incredible love? David again. We don't know when he wrote this. 23rd Psalm, pretty familiar to most people. But imagine, maybe he wrote this when he was facing Goliath. Kind of picture it that way. Goliath's down in the valley. And David's ready to face him. He's a teenager. He's never fought military uh, battle. And he said, even when I walk through the darkest valley, or maybe he's thinking about this later, I will not be afraid. Well, that's pretty scary. How can you not be afraid? For you are close beside me, God. Silly illustration. You know the carpool uh, car lanes? You've got to have two people in your car. All believers should be able to ride on those anytime they want, right? Now, if your cop stops you and you say, in the other seat, I don't know how much <laughs> he'll pay attention to that. But the reality is you and I are never alone, are we? So remember that. Can you see God in your circumstances, especially impossible circumstances? It takes faith, obviously. This doesn't seem natural, easy. Uh, really helps to have the encouragement of others. And we need to think about God's unfailing love to us daily, hourly, ongoing basis. One illustration I'd like to share with you before we finished is uh, one actually a praise team sung about darkness. We've been in our house um, a little over 12 years, and there's something different about where we live now from all the places we ever lived before. And most people don't think about this, but most people live with their streetlights. Man, Fred, you don't. <laughs> you might have your own light, but there's no streetlight there. Um, but it's completely different when you live like we do. 
there, it, when the sun goes down, it is dark. But the neat thing about that is, guess what? And we can lay on our bed and look out through our skylight. We can really see the stars because there's no light interfering with that. And when the moon is full, it, it just lights up our yard. We can notice it way much more than people that are around light. So I think, I think it's true of God's love for us. It's so much brighter and shines so much brighter and it's much more, so much more powerful or more powerful when through the darkness, through the difficulties, even through what may appear to be the impossible. So what is the message of Christmas? And we'll finish with this. This is from 1 John. John, one of the disciples, wrote this. Kind of a summation. God showed how much he loved us. By what? Making our lives easy? I don't think so. How did he show his love for us? By sending his one and only son into the world. So that we might have eternal life through him. And the way we had eternal life through him is for him to suffer and die. And then raised from the dead. So he's reminding us. Christmas reminds us of God's love gift. It reminds us that God says, I love you this much. So God uses our impossible circumstances to show us his indescribable or incredible love. See, God wants to come into your world and my world. He doesn't want to take us out. He wants to come into our world and for us to experience his unfailing incredible love in the midst of the, our situation, our problems, our circumstances, even if they may seem impossible. Certainly did for Mary as she was facing being the mother of the Messiah, Jesus. So, simply for think about this week, I encourage you each day, think about God's incredible love gift to you or for you. Let me pray with you. Father God, thank you. We thank you so much for sending your son Jesus. We thank you that we have an account of kind of how this all happened, came about. And uh, so much we can learn from Mary about faith and, and just uh, surrendering to you. Uh, your will be done in my life. Uh, let it be done as you, as you say, God. Even though it's going to make life difficult for me, it's going to be disappointing and uh, challenges, uh, God, that's for you to figure out. My job is to be obedient. That's our challenge, God. <clears throat> Whether it's because of COVID or, or uh, uh, difficulties associated with it or some other issues in our life. Are we willing to say, your will be done, not ours? Claim the promise, also the power, that all things work together for good. And for those of you who may not be a Jesus follower, we're so thankful for watching or listening or being present. And uh, we, we pray this would encourage you to come a little a step closer to accepting that wonderful love gift of Jesus so that you might have a relationship with God. God does not want to be separated from you. He loves you and wants to be in relationship with you. Uh, but he doesn't force himself. Just like he didn't force himself on Mary, he gives all of us the choice. So it's your decision to choose. Yes, I'll accept your love for me, God, and return it or not. We pray that you do. And please, let us know about that decision. And God, for those of us who are Jesus followers, help us to celebrate Christmas, the real reason for the season. And I think with all the restrictions, uh, less busyness, and maybe it'll be a little easier 
uh, to focus on that this Christmas season. Uh, we don't know what you're about, God, but we are your servants, and we want to see your unfailing love even in the impossible. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.